Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to 2019 and episode 108 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcast streaming services. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, start the year off right, rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you use to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast. One of the West End's biggest shows will be bringing the curtain down one last time in a couple of weeks as this episode drops. And London Strand will be just that little bit more dark and dull without the sparkling red footwear that currently hangs over one of London's busiest streets. I, of course, am talking about Kinky Boots. This show has had a phenomenal success around the globe, let alone in London, where it picked up three Olivier Awards for Best in Musical, Best Costume Design, and Best Actor in a Musical for Matt Henry, who originally put on the heels to open the London production. Kinky Boots also won the London Evening Standard BBC Radio 2 Audience Award for Best Musical, as well as three What's On Stage Awards for Best Musical, Best Actor in the Musical, and Best Choreography. And it's won numerous, numerous awards, both audience and voted for by judges, jurors, and critics, and everything else. It's just a smash hit. Basically, crowds have loved this show, and so have we at Curtain Call. And we couldn't let this show close without one last visit to have a chat to the Charlie and Lola we're going to be taking that final curtain call. And before we kick off, I just want to say that this is going to be a two-parter with part two coming out this Friday, so please do listen out for that. But to start it all off, Simon Anthony Roden and Oliver Thompson sat down with me just before Christmas to talk about all things kinky, from their first experience of kinky boots to stepping into those big boots uh, and everyone who went before them to just what it means to be playing in such a loved and socially important show. Have a listen. Let's, let's start. Who, who we got sitting down in the room? And... Okay, so my name is Simon Anthony Roden, and I play Lola in Kinky Boots. Nice. And my name is Oliver Thompson, and I play Charlie Price in Kinky Boots. Excellent. Now, I, as I said, mentioned, I saw you guys about, I think, a month and a half, two months ago. Um, I brought somebody... One of my high school graduate friends, their daughter was visiting uh, in London, and she had never been to a musical, and so I brought her to Kinky Boots, and she hasn't stopped listening to this. (laughs) 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 But um, so you know, in that vein, you know, what was your first um, kind of uh, encounter with Kinky Boots? Um, I remember seeing the film. Yeah, um, but my first encounter with the musical was. when it first opened, I think I had friends in it, and um, one of my one of the, the bridesmen at my wedding, my wife's best friend, is Darren Carnell, who's our um, choreographic supervisor, yeah. dance extraordinaire, um, main man in the building, who um, who's uh, just one of the many brilliant creative team members we have who work in house. 
so yeah, so that was my first encounter. I came to see it because of that, and um, um, and I loved it. I, I'd heard a few songs from the soundtrack, um, no, obviously knowing that it was Cindy Lauper. Mm. You sort of think, oh, okay, let's listen, let's see what she can do, mm. and I'm pleasantly surprised of um, of how well she sort of crafted songs that have narrative and have heart, but also have great pop licks in them as well. So um, yeah, that was that was that was my first encounter, and then. And obviously, seeing the part of Charlie Price and going, I'd like a bit of that one day. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, is that in my range? Is that, can I do that? And, yeah. and so, as soon as you, I think, as an actor, whenever you see any show, sometimes it's something you kind of go, Yeah, yeah. I could see myself doing that because we, we want the work. Yeah. So, did, that, did you have that same experience? Uh, no, you? mine was a very different experience. I um, I knew of the film but hadn't seen the film. And Chiwetel Ejiofor, who plays Lola mm. in the movie, it, before I even. Uh, like thought anything of of the whole project. I just thought that was a very interesting um, role for him to choose, considering um, the work that he'd done um, previous to that. Um, uh, but I was just I was uh, working away in Bristol, sort of not really sort sort of taking a back seat to performing. And then uh, my agent at the time got in touch, um, demanding I come and audition for the show. Um, and so I had no interest in it whatsoever. Right. But eventually, I got through the doors, got the material, and the moment I saw the material is when I completely fell in love with the project um, and had to be a part of this show somehow and um, and so yeah so then that's that's my that's my journey into the world of Kinky yeah. Boots and I guess the land of Lola as well it's interesting because I you know we we come to cover the show before when it first opened and and um, Kinky Boots is in our first book and things and and having spoken to pretty much everyone in the cast everyone has a different Entry story to mm. Kiki Boots, and I mean, it's fascinating. Thing. I love that your agent demanded you come and audition, and then you kind of see yeah. it and go, yeah. yeah. Well, it was actually Jill Green who demanded it, was just my agent who was on the receiving oh, end. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's great. I mean, what, what is it? In, I don't know, in this most kind of base argument, like, is it that kind of goes, yeah, I've got to play that, or I've seen it, or I've done it, yeah, okay, now I get it. And that, what is that draw? Like, well, for me, like, so as I said, it was the material that I first fell in love with, and um, obviously the script um, that Harvey um, wrote, uh, very similar to the movie, but it was, it just jumps, it jumped out at me, and the, and the dialogue was obviously very funny, but there was so much heart, and the story resonated with my life, and it's not, it's not the same in my life, oh, it's not the same as my life, um, but it's very similar, and I think a lot, and that, I think that's what fans really get from the show, and when I... I remember when I first read um, Not My Father's Son, like, mm. read the song before I mm. sang the song. So, I, you know, before I even was singing the notes and things, I could not get through it without crying. Mm. And my partner was watching me because I was in the dining room and my partner was just watching me, because was, it was in my head. <laughs> and all of a sudden I just started crying. So you weren't reading that loud. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And he looked at me and he was just kind of like, are you okay? And I was like, this is amazing. This is yeah. amazing. I have to be in this. Um, and it was that that really, that's when I fell in love with, with the show, to be honest, before I even see it, saw it all come together with the angels and the costumes and everything like that um, it was it was that story because I as a, a, a young homosexual black man in this society had never in a million years ever thought that I would ever see something like that on a commercial scale yeah. and the opportunity that I would have to witness somebody play it or actually play it myself was it was not even it, honestly like I, I remember being a, a young I, I, when I was in drama school like I 
I was the only black male in my um, in my uh, year, and I resided to the fact that I would only ever be a character actor purely because of that fact that I was the only black male in that year, and that there was an archetypal guy that would be the lead, and I'd play his best friend or I'd play, you know, a token character in it, and that and you know to me I loved acting, so that was that was you know relatively fine to me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so when I sort of saw this script, I just thought this is fantastic, this is amazing, but also not just because of the whole idea of being a black person but being a, a queer person as well having um, being uh, having the opportunity to tell my story is just phenomenal you yeah. know and I know there are a lot of people out there as well with very similar um, um, journeys which yeah. is why I really wanted to be a part of the project amazing, amazing. that's thank you <laughs> thanks for that um, uh, you mentioned Cindy Lauper yeah um, I mean that was I'm sure my age, that was she was my kind of. I grew up with Cindy Lauper, like you know, <laughs> okay. and when she released a single in a video, that was it. You know, we watched in TV. Yeah. I mean, had you had previous kind of knowledge other than what you heard on the on the radio? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I, I think um, my entry level might have been a bit later in that, but um, I I. I remember her being. I remember hearing her on the Goonies, the yes, film soundtrack, yeah. and then and my sister. My sister is a little bit older than me, listening to her and stuff. Um, so I was very aware of her as an artist as well. I wouldn't. Um, she wasn't someone who I necessarily had been an influence in my life, um, mm. but but I I was very aware of how how big how how what a what a, a, a big contributor she has been to in just music mm. and and also. Uh, sort of individuality and yeah. artistry and trying to be and, and, and standing out from the norm yeah um, which uh, which is what this show is about yeah she's it, definitely uh, not just not just in the story but musically she yeah. does that as well the, the songs the songs vary so much when you see the show you feel like one moment you're in a club and then next minute you've got a heart wrenching ballad yeah. so it's um, it, that, and that's why it works so well yeah she's she's a, a, like a, a master at kind of uh, crafting a song in, in, in many different genres. Yeah. I mean, mm, but that's really what eccentricity brings you. I'm, I'm, I have to admit, like when I, I thought Cindy Lauper was English because when we were young, growing up in America, anyone that eccentric was English. So I know, but so when I found out she was American, I was like, what? <laughs> we get to play with that. Is really funny. Okay, there is a lot of movement and dancing. There is this show has the, the tracks that people cover. It's like a like a ballet because I've been backstage watching it, both on stage and backstage. Can you take me through? Because my mind doesn't really process. Hey, well, I haven't been in a musical for a long time, but it was never anything that was that intricate on stage and backstage with the track. So, in the rehearsal process and getting, you know, you've got this musical in your heads that you said, yeah, you signed up to, and then your rehearsal process. You jump into rehearsals. A, where, and B, how did you kind of get ready to go on this stage where all of that kind of came together? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I had um, uh, an interesting start to the whole project because I started as a swing and then became Lola. Um, and I remember when I got the job, I hadn't got a clue what a swing was. Right. And so um, <laughs> I was just in awe of everything and everyone in the room and was just like, oh, wow, 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 wow that's amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> And then it was like, all right, now it's your turn to go up and do it. And then that, and I was like, 
Like that hit me because I was like, oh god, that's what I'm here for. I completely because I was in awe of everything. I forgot the, the purpose of being there, and <laughs> <laughs> and so quickly I um, I then uh, learned everything. And in the room, you have basically a, a, a copy, an outline of what, what the stage is. So um, uh, you know, so the, the gate that, that that's in yeah. the show, and that we, there's a the, a copy of the the uh, the big. Um, structure that we move uh, in, uh, from, yes. from around yeah. the scene yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's all replicated in the rehearsal room and then and then yeah one by one well not one by one but like you sort of like just go through as a swing you just go through um, e- each character and sort of learn the movements of what they do and obviously what I was covering Lola and so I was meticulously watching everything that Matt Henry did in the rehearsal room when I first started mm-hmm. um, because there's a uh, and, and I didn't actually learn the offstage journey until oh, I was right. then doing it because that like once that character um, burst through the gate, she is completely on a roll, and she's on the roll on on stage as well as off stage. And when uh, whenever I'm off stage, I'm constantly changing into a costume and having to be at a certain place at a right time in order to arrive on stage uh, when 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 necessary. So that was a lot to deal with. And um, Derek, my dresser, has done a fantastic job. I always call him the off stage Lola because he is the one that's barking the orders <laughs> and shouting at me to make sure that I'm in the right um, place at the right time in the right attire. Um, and yeah, it's a bit of a whirlwind, but so much. Fun. Yeah, I, I, I have something similar in the sense that Ali, my dresser, is my mentor, my therapist, my, my boss, my manager. She's everything. She and like um, in the rehearsal room before I'd met Ali, my dresser, the director and the choreographer and the MD would tell me, "So this is what you do. You come on at this point. The music starts. You sing here. You there." I'm like, "Okay, right, right, great. You pick up these props, do that, and then you exit in that upstage wing there." And they would roughly tell me, and at that point, you would. Such and such, you would go off substage and stuff, but don't worry about that, Ali will be there. That was what they would always say. <laughs> so they'd go, right, then, we'll, then when it gets to the next scene, said, you'll come on here. And I said, well, what have I done before? Don't worry, Ali would have brought you there. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then when we got into the theatre in tech, I was like, hi. She's like, hi, I'm Ali. I was like, I've heard so much about you. She's like, great. She's like, you come with me. I, <laughs> I remember just sort of, and the first week, just being exhausted because it was that thing of having to just when you're doing something for the first time, like, you know, mm. I, I mean, I, I hadn't, like Simon, hadn't been in the building in another capacity. I just came in and on the Monday, I was Charlie Price, you know, it was, and it was, and, and so I remember sweating a lot for the first week. <laughs> but, but, but the team, it being, but, but because the show was, was such a well-oiled machine by then and was up, been up and running for three years, three, yeah, four years yeah. by that point, they, it was, I was just another piece. I just got slotted in and I got dragged around, pushed on and, now I can do some of it myself. <laughs> I, I do still rely on my my alley of like God, a lot. Derek and Ali, I know everywhere. Right, absolutely. Like, they just they just had a big special acknowledgement this year, haven't they? Yes, the they yes. did, which was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and um, and no more, no one more so than Derek and Ali. They yeah. do. They're, they're they're brilliant. That's fantastic. I love I love those stories. Um, um, keeping the show fresh has got to be a bit of a challenge because you just mentioned that that, that it's been around. And you know, for a few years, but you know, how how, how do you? Oh, I'm I'm awful. I'm naughty in the sense. Oh, that you? I mean, I, I sometimes oh, no. I like. I Time's like, giggling. Well, over well I, I I I will I will freshen things up so much <laughs> yeah. to the point that I will explore all the good choices, and yeah. then sometimes the bad choices come out. But um, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm not. There are obviously things that become habitual, or mm. um, you know, and 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 are important that they must stay the same. Mm. 
um, and there are beats that are, that's why our director watches the show regularly and makes sure that we make sure that we still tell the same story. But there will be different inflections or different uh, interpretations of a whole song or a scene or just one line that 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 keep it fresh and keeping and makes you bounce back differently off someone as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, and I, I came into the cast and Simon had already been doing Lola for two years, a year and a half? A year before you. A year before me with, you know, um, some other fantastic mm. Charlie Prices and be it the understudies or be it the, the mm. David Hunter who was doing yeah. it before me. And um, so they, so Simon would have been used to his ways and his yeah. his ways that he freshens it up. So it's, 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 it's hard. It's, from being someone who has been in the show, who's been in the cast chain for, yeah. it's a lot harder for the people yeah. who are staying than the ones who come in because they're like, oh God, what am I going to do there? And stuff. But, but Simon is such a good actor that I can, he, he allowed me the freedom to feel safe that I could do that mm-hmm. and also challenged me to keep it fresh mm-hmm. myself but also made me realise when I was doing something wrong <laughs> or, 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 or would help me discover what actually worked right as a pair because yeah. it's very important the relationship between the two of us of for the whole story that we that we find a common ground and I don't think we've ever had a moment really over, over the, mm. the time I've been here where, where it's been so bad that it is, is mucked up each other's <laughs> shows if anything it's just challenged us um, but I, I think it's quite fresh a lot of the time I would say 90% yeah. of the time it's fresh the other 10% is us just the times when honestly there are shows where you just go we have yeah, to just get through it and let's just yeah. let's just stick to what we know and yeah. and, and, um, and do it but because there is such a big fan base on mm. this as well and there are yeah. people who come and see it three times three, four times a week sometimes yeah, there, yeah. Are, there are some super fans who are here all the time mm. all the time and it, it doesn't. They it, tell you we, we when don't, you've it, done something. Yeah, no. It, if we do something different or whatever, they yeah. they love it, and yeah. and and it doesn't shortchange the audience who haven't seen it before. Yeah. If anything, it keeps it more alive for them. It makes them feel like they're witnessing something for the first time. So there is a fine line between doing it because obviously you have to stand on your numbers, you have to hit your marks, you have to be in the right place for when choreography is involved and safety yes. and moving of yeah, set. Of but as far as what our hearts bring to the story and emotion uh, and the emotion and the the choice there is quite a large spectrum for how you tell any story yeah. of love or acceptance stuff I think there's there, there, there are choices that we're allowed to make and some shows don't allow that but this show does that's great and I, I mean I know I know David Hunter so you probably had to put up with a lot of shit absolutely hi David <laughs> <laughs> no he was fantastic um, but I think in terms of like telling the story um, and keeping it fresh is for me obviously as I've said it's an important story to tell and so it's it's fresh for me every yeah. single day because I think every time somebody walks into the theatre to watch the show it's the first time that they've ever heard the story and I want to make sure that the first time they hear the story it resonates with them as as um, as special as it did when I first um, heard the story. So from that point of view, uh, it's pretty easy. However, obviously on the day-to-day basis, it can be repetitive, it can be tiresome, and I think those are the days where the job is a it, uh, is, is where the job becomes hard essentially because yeah. I have a, it's a pleasure to do my job every single day but if I'm tired or if I'm fatigued or if I'm sick or feeling a particular kind of type of way for any reason um, those are when 
the job becomes challenging because you have to uh, deliver the same performance that you did when you were feeling fine, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, you shouldn't necessarily be shortchanging those people that came to see the show um, uh, um, on a Monday night as well as from, from the people that will see it on the Saturday night, do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it should be, for, for me, as consistent as, like you're, you're only as good as your worst show. Yeah. So if, uh, my, if I, if, you know, for any reason I'm, you know, ill or sick or whatever, as I said, um, there will be a particular type of performance I will give, but it won't be any less um, uh, of a delivery than a, a show I'd give on a Saturday night performance. Sure. Um, I remember when uh, Ollie first started the show. Um, I remember when we, <laughs> when we, when when we were on stage. Like when we rehearsed, it was great because the thing is, I always like to say like I love having a new Charlie to play mm. with <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it's it's fun and like I and I and I think my character revels in the fact that she gets to sort of like toy and play with the character Charlie, and so it's always nice to have somebody new to do that with. And I remember when we were in Sexes in the Heel. There's often there's small times where things happen essentially I won't tell you what okay. and uh, when when the first time we sort of like did something slightly silly I was in my head I was like oh no because you've got two silly personalities <laughs> leading this company that could never be a good idea <laughs> but I knew that it was going to be a, a fun um, a fun experience and a fun um, fun time um, with this contract so that was pretty that was pretty good so cool Simon Anthony Roden and Oliver Thompson appearing in the final two weeks as Lola and Charlie in the multi-award winning Kiki Boots at the Adelphi Theatre in London. Now, before we wrap up, if you're a theatre professional and you've made a resolution to get yourself more discoverable online, head on over to curtaincallonline.com and sign up for a free profile page. You can also follow us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Curtain Call. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback from the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned or write to me at john at curtaincallonline.com. It just leaves me to say a huge thank you to Simon and Ollie over at Kinky Boots playing Charlie and Lola, uh, or Lola and Charlie. Uh, and uh, you have two weeks left to see them uh, as this uh, just under two weeks till January the 12th. So wherever you can go get tickets, get tickets because you haven't seen this yet. You're going to miss it. And it is a brilliant production. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast. And I will catch you all next week. Bye. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.